this is Yuriko once again. Um, I am going to continue my episode on Ephesians 2. So I'm going to do Ephesians 2 starting from verse 11 and on. And if you missed the first part, just go to the previous episode. So um, this section is actually called Jew and Gentile Reconciled Through Christ. So let's start in verse 11, Ephesians 2 verse 11. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves a circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands, remember at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. So this passage is very important. Uh, Verse 11 is stating uh, to the people that Paul is talking in this co- in this portion of the Bible, he's talking to the Ephesians, who were considered Gentiles because they were not Jewish. And they were called uncircumcised by those who call themselves a circumcision, which is also known as the Jews. They practice a ritual circumcision in order to distinguish themselves from every other tribe. So, um, it says... Once you were Gentiles in the flesh. So God's work of reconciliation, this is showing that it's not only between God and and the individual. Though it must begin there, it is also between groups of people that are at odds, such as Jews and Gentiles were in the day of Paul. So if you really think about it, the Gentiles were in a way discriminated, mistreated by the Jewish community because they were not circumcised. They were not part of their people they were not part of their club i will say in a way um so pretty much god jesus blood when he came he said you know like i don't care if you did the the body that you got your body circumcised what i care is that you have a change of heart that you circumcised your heart and this is by accepting that i am the way so we could see this which is not currently accepted by people who practice Judaism today. Some people are still waiting for the Messiah. They don't recognize Jesus, but Jesus Christ himself is saying, hey, God sent me. I came from God and you got to circumcise your heart. You got to think that you're not the only group of people that belong into the citizenship of God. And we could see that in verse 12 because it says, remember at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of promise. So Gentiles were in a desperate place because they were aliens, they were strangers, they had no hope, and they were being without God. So this shows that they were not only spiritually dead, but they also did not have access to God, to the God that the Jews enjoyed. So before coming to Jesus, Gentiles were Christless, stateless, friendless, hopeless, and godless. So without God in the world. Some people believe in God, but they believe that he lives in heaven and he has nothing to do with this world. So in that way, a person can still believe that God exists, but they could be without God in the world. So what does this mean? Um, If we continue, like a lot of people say, you know, I know there's a God, but he doesn't care about me. And a lot of, most of the Gentiles they believed this way. They were like, oh, well, the God is the God of the Jews. So they labeled God to just be belong to a particular tribe. They felt like he was a tribal God. He felt that They felt that this God had nothing to do with their life. And 
they were walking without hope. So without Christ means to be without spiritual blessings, without light, without peace, without rest, without safety, without hope, without a prophet, a priest, or a king. So all the Gentiles were seen as aliens, as foreigners from the commonwealth of Israel. This likely included separated Jews as well as Gentiles. So those who didn't really follow the way of the law, they were excluded. They were excluded Jews. For, for there were also Israelites who were outside the commonwealth, not only as foreigners, but as last Jews. And they lost their part in the covenants, not as foreigners, but as unworthy. And this was said by Alford. Uh, you could find that more uh, about who he was. So, we must be compassionate and not feel like we are superior to others. We, If you see this kind of superiority that a lot of people get there, they get that snobbish attitude that I am better than you and in Christianity sometimes it happens when people are religious and they think it's that they're going to win God's favor by doing works they become snobbish and they believe that they did it they did all the work through them you know that um, they don't really understand the concept of grace and faith they believe that just by doing works that they're going to gain salvation and no works is a product of your relationship with God, and you have to do it if you have real faith. But a lot of people think they could win God. They think they're better, you know, if they do, if they serve at church, and they mistreat others. And unfortunately, these people may not know who Christ really is. So in Israel today, they still believe that they are the only ones that have access to God. And that is an issue because they don't accept that God extended himself to the universe. So let's continue verse 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Wow, this verse really hits it. Because it's saying that through Christ, we, we have been reconciled to God. You know, to have a relationship with God. Through the blood that he poured in the cross. And I like to call it the cross of love. I like to call Jesus the priest of love. Because through Jesus Christ, we're no longer far off. We're no longer far away from our Father. Because the blood of Christ accomplished a reconciliation through his death and resurrection. And if we continue verse 14, it says, For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. This is awesome because peace is no is not only a state when there's no war. A lot of people are waiting for peace, which peace is never really going to come. Peace is something, an inner peace. Jesus is our inner peace in the midst of chaos. But let's talk about, about verse 14. Let's continue where it says, Who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the divided wall of hostility. Jesus said, you know what? Both of you guys are my people. If you accept me, you both are my people. And he destroyed every division. He destroyed the division of of gender. He, de he destroyed every division of race because God doesn't see male or female, nor Greek, nor Jew. He sees your heart. He sees... The believer in you. So he destroyed this wall. So by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. So the law only separated us from God. So he, if we continue verse 15 it says his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two thus making peace. So God reconciles people through love through him. He is the bridge maker. Jesus is reconciled to the Gentiles and the Jews. And a lot of people have not understood this. That's why there's still wars going on. 
in verse 16 it says, And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death to the hostility. So through the death of Jesus, we're able to be reconciled to the Father. Um, there's no longer separation. So verse 14 is saying that God is peace and he unites things. The work of Jesus on the cross is the common ground of salvation for every group of people. Therefore, there's no longer any dividing wall between Jew and Gentile. Jesus broke that wall down. So like I like how that song, uh, Reckless Love, where it says there's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't light up coming after me. So Jesus said, there's nothing that I can't break. There's nothing that I cannot put back together either. So there's no longer that dividing wall because he broke it down. He teared it down with the cross and he united us together. So in the temple, in between the court of the Gentiles and the court of the woman, there was a physical barrier, an actual wall of separation between Jews and Gentiles. And that wall of separation is gone because of the common lordship that is greater than any previous division. If our lordship is in Jesus Christ, there's no greater of a different there's no greater than any difference that you have with others because no difference matters whether it's political racial economic language geographical whatever there's nothing that should separate us because if we're in Christ we should be united this is why Jesus came he came that we will be united with God the Father but also with our brothers and sisters that's why the Bible gives the commandment, the greatest commandment of loving God with all of our heart and mind. But it also says to love others. And if we don't love others, there, how can we say that we love Christ? So we still see this wall of division. Um, in Matthew 24, 7, it says that God states that nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. So if we go look at the word nation and the... Greek, it actually shows the word race. So we're seeing race against race. And all this is going to be something that we're going to see race against race before the return of Jesus. We're going to see an, uh, an increments of racism before the return of Jesus Christ and of separation, of division. Uh, a lot of people are going to say peace and prosperity before the Lord comes, but that's not really occurring. So we see that the devil is going to try to separate us. He's going to try to cause division because he hates that people could now be united through the blood of Christ. So verse 17, He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. So now through Jesus we all have access to God. He is a spiritual God. He is a God who is a spirit. So we could reach him wherever we're at, no matter what, we could we ourselves are at the temple we're a temple where the where the living christ lives and dwells if we really truly believe in him there's no separation and when we come together as one people god loves it he rejoices so verse 19 to 22 consequently you're no longer foreigners and strangers by fellow but fellow citizens with god's people and also members of his household built on one foundation built on the foundation of the apostles prophets with Christ Jesus himself as, as a chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is being joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, and in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So this is what I was referring, that together we are the church. We are one body and Jesus is the head. But God dwells in our lives individually also in our individual temples. 
verse 19 to 22 again. So this is a picture of God's work of reconciliation between both the individual and among groups. We're no longer strangers and foreigners. Paul is referring to Christians of Gentile background. They should no longer regard themselves as second-class citizens in God's kingdom in any regard. They're not they're not only full citizens, but also full and equal members of God's household. Built on the foundation of the apostles, because we're one body and have the same access to God, it also follows that we are all built upon a common foundation. That foundation was made by, by the apostles and prophets. That they endured revelation recorded in the New Testament, and there, there may be no one ever lay another foundation than that foundation. Uh, Remember, Jesus Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. The cornerstone literally means the tip of the angle, and it refers to the capstone or binding stone that holds the whole structure together. I know, um, I think in the Roman culture, when they used to make bridges with the arches, if, they, if you were just to destroy the cornerstone of that bridge, all the bridge will fall apart. Same here, without Jesus Christ in the picture, everything's going to fall apart. No matter if you have all this religious background, but if you don't put Christ as the center, if you don't have a relationship with Christ, everything's going to fall. Your, your foundation, your house, if it's not founded on God, then everything is going to fall down. It's, your house is not really being built on a solid foundation, but on sand. So in Him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. As we keep our common foundation, the whole building of God's people grows together in a beautiful way as a holy temple where God dwells in beauty and glory. This tells us that the church is more than a building. It is perfectly designed by the